1: going through Luke's Gospel, really examining the life of Jesus Christ and trying to broaden our concept of who He is. Because the reality is is that you could go to church all of your life and learn a lot of things about how to live and learn a lot about different aspects of Christianity, but the reality is, is that you may not truly know who Jesus is. Oh, you know He saved you. You know He died for you. And the reality is, is you may not grasp in totality everything there is about Him. You think you know everything about Jesus, and the reality is, is when you look at the Scriptures, you realize that you don't really know very much about Him. And so that's our whole purpose in going through the Gospel of Luke. So today we're up to Luke chapter 5. We're looking at Jesus. Luke is wanting us to see His authority. Last week we saw he had authority in his teaching, he had authority in his healing, casting out demons, healing the sick. Today we're going to see his authority as far as regards to his disciples and the calling of Peter and John and James. And there's some things that we're going to see from this passage that really are going to raise some questions in your mind where you're at right now in your relationship with Jesus. You say, what do you mean, George? Here's the reality. What we're going to see today in a moment as we read this passage is we're going to see Simon Peter, and we're going to see him coming in contact with the presence of Jesus. Now, he's interacted with Jesus before. We saw that last week because Jesus healed Simon's mother-in-law. But today we're going to see that he's going to have a personal interaction with Jesus, and it's going to draw a reaction from Peter, actually in three different areas. And really... When you talk about getting in the presence of Jesus, especially you and I, it's going to draw a reaction from us. We're going to have to make a decision about Jesus. And that's the reality. So let's look at the passage, and I'll explain further as we go along. Look with me at verses 1 through 11. So it was that as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Giznaret and saw the two boats standing by the lake, But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put it out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, "'Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch.' But Simon answered and said to him, "'Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net.'" When he had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. What we're going to see today is we're going to see several things. We're going to see, first of all, the leading of Jesus, his leading in Peter's life. We're going to see how Peter responds to his presence. And then we're going to see the call. And as we look at these three different things, I'm going to be honest with you, they're, they're very true for you and I. There's going to be a leading of Jesus in your life. And the issue is, how are you going to respond to it? God's going to lead you in some way in your life, and that's reality. The other aspect of it, listen to me, is, is that you're going to respond to Jesus in some way, and we're going to see how Peter responds. We're going to see some misunderstandings he has about Jesus and his response. And then we're going to see the call of Jesus. And the fact, the reality is is Jesus calls every one of us. And the reality is that you've got to do something with that. So let's notice, first of all, his leading. You say, what do you mean his leading? Well, here's the situation. Jesus, obviously by this time, is already starting to get a reputation as a healer and a great teacher. So multitudes are coming to him. We know from the Gospels the multitudes would come with the sick and the demon possessed and have him heal. We already saw that in the chapter before. And they would come to listen to his teaching. So there was obviously a huge crowd there by the lake pressing Jesus. They're all wanting to hear Jesus teach. So Luke tells us that there are two boats right there on the shore. The owners of those boats are washing their nets. That is, you know, when you go fishing and you've got a net and you're in a lake, you're going to catch stuff off the bottom. You're going to get the weeds and everything. So they're obviously washing their nets over there. So Jesus tells one of the owners, Simon, put out a little bit from the shore so I can teach the crowd. Now, think about this. There's no amplifying system. I mean, Jesus must have had a voice that projects. So he's going out from the shore and he teaches the crowd. Now we get to the place where there's a leading here, where Jesus is telling Peter to do something. When the teaching time is over, Jesus turns around to Peter and says, Go out a little bit, launch out a little bit, and drop your nets. Drop your nets and let's go fishing. Now here's what's going on here, and here's the first point I want you to see. Circumstances told him not to listen. Circumstances told him not to listen. Here's this guy, he's a teacher, All he's, he's probably met him, he's seen he's a miracle worker. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus is not a fisherman. The professional's in the boat. And I want you to notice how he responded to Jesus. Look with me, look with me at verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Here's what he's saying. We were just out there. We fished all night we got nothing to take home. You know what it's like when you go fishing? Peter's already thinking, I've got to listen to my wife saying you're out all night and you got nothing. What's the use going fishing? Some of you know what you're talking about. You've been there. Goes fishing, never brings anything home. So there he is. Circumstances are saying to him, don't even bother. And listen, who's, who's the professional here? Peter the fisherman or Jesus the master teacher? This is what I'm trying to say to you. Let me just stop for a moment. You know, listen, folks. God, through His Word, through the Spirit, Jesus leads us today in ways. And He will communicate to you, and He will speak to you, and He will tell you to do things. Now, here's what happens. A lot of times the things that He tells us, circumstances tell you otherwise. Circumstances will say to you, no, you don't want to do that. That's not the way to do it. That's not the way everybody else is doing it. Come on, Lord, are you sure you want me to do this? We have the same reaction as Peter. I've already tried that, Jesus. It isn't working. You say, would God tell us to do things that don't make sense? Hey, how about Joshua and the children of Israel? They come up against the great city Jericho. God tells them, I want you to take that city. And here's how I want you to do it. I want you to march around it for seven days. And on the seventh day, I want you just to shout and watch me do it. Now, if you're a military genius or a strategist, marching around the city and yelling is not the way you're going to take a fortified city, is it? Now you're going to think about siege works and, and all of this. How do we break in there? You're thinking about surrounding that city for a long time, starving them out maybe. But God told them to do something different. See, circumstances will tell you to do something otherwise than what God's doing. What I want you to see is, as God leads us, Jesus leads us in all of our lives, the question is, how are you going to respond to it? How are you going to respond to it? In fact, isn't it Isaiah who says, My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. We need to grasp that reality. Here's the other thing he said. Here's what we're going to see about Peter. He responded solely to Jesus' word. Look at what it says, verse 5. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But there's a wonderful word in there. Nevertheless, at your word, because you said it, I will let down the nets. At your word. Here's the wonderful thing about Peter. Peter is wise enough. He's a fisherman. He knows his trade. This is what he does for a living. He's been out all night. The fish are not there. They're not biting. They're not getting in the nets. But here's what he says. You know, there's something about this Jesus that's different. There's something about him. I mean, he's he's healed my mother-in-law. Look at what he's doing. Look at the great teaching. But because you asked me to do it, Jesus, I'll do it. He responded solely to Jesus' word. Let me ask you a question. Right now, for some of you here, God is telling you to do something. And you're wrestling with it. You know what I'm talking about. You know who you are. In a room this size with this many people here, there are people here who are being guided by the Spirit of God to do certain things. And you know what it is. And and you're wrestling with Him. You're saying, God, it just doesn't make sense. And, God, the circumstances are otherwise. If I do that, Jesus, it's just going to blow up in my face. Here's what I want you to see about the response of Peter. Even though the circumstances seemed otherwise, because it was Jesus, he did it. See, here's the thing. You're wrestling with what God's telling you to do. The issue is, in your mind, it's what you believe about God. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's what you believe about God. So whether or not you do it is what you believe about him. And if you believe who he is, then you're just going to be like Peter, you're going to respond simply because He asked you to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's His leading. That's His leading. And there's a lot we can learn from. You know, the reality is, is when you look at a guy like Peter, and yeah, Peter's got his issues. Have you noticed that? Peter, Peter's impetuous. Peter's like, I'll, I'll do anything for you, Jesus. Slice a guy's ear off. Turn around the next moment. I don't even know him. And we can mock a guy like Peter, but you've got to understand something about Peter. One thing's for sure, he does love Jesus. And he's willing to do whatever Jesus asks. Are we? Are we willing to do it? So notice his leading. So here's the response. Look with me at verse 8 and 9. So they launch out. Excuse me. Let's go to verse 6. But Simon answered. And then they had done this. They caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Verse 7. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Verse 8. And when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, Lord. Here's what I want you to see. A couple things here about his response. Number one, he was confronted with the reality of Jesus. You know, i thought long and hard about this all week. When you look at Peter's response, I thought, you know, man, wow. Did finally that dawn on him all of a sudden who he was? I mean... Just over in chapter 4, we read that he heals Peter's mother-in-law. Now, I understand some of you don't have a great relationship with your mother-in-law, but let's assume Peter does. That didn't move him. Here he sees the miracle of Jesus healing his mother-in-law. That didn't move him. They're at Peter's house all night. People are bringing in sick people. Literally, the Scripture talks about it as they brought, they brought the burden of people with them. They must have carried people in for Jesus to heal them all night long. Jesus casting demons out of people all night long. That didn't move Peter. Do you understand what I'm saying? It didn't move him. So here we are in a boat. Jesus says, drop your nets. He argues a little bit. You know, Master, we've been out all night long, but nevertheless, because you said it, we'll do it. So they drop the nets, and then all of a sudden they have the greatest catch ever. So much so, he can't even bring the net in. He's got to call over to his buddies, his partners, bring your boat over. And then the Scripture says that both boats were so filled with fish they began to sink. Now, that's a big haul, isn't it? Why would that stir Peter? Here's what I've come to the conclusion of, because he personally benefited from it. You say, what do you mean? He's a fisherman. What does he do for a living, folks? Fish. What's he do with the fish? Just eat him himself? No. Sells them. Whatever fish he caught that day, he would turn around and sell to others. When you talk about hauling in that many fish, that big a load, how are you going to do that day at the market, folks? Pretty good. you understand that's why they fished at night? For what purpose? To sell it the next day, during the day? I mean, they didn't have ice, so they had to get rid of the fish soon. So Peter is personally benefiting from the reality of Jesus. He's experiencing what? A blessing. Wouldn't you say that's a pretty good blessing, folks? I mean think about it. Let's, let's equate it a little bit here. Maybe you're a businessman and you land the mother load of all contracts. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you're a worker and you get the biggest bonus ever enough for maybe to live on for a whole year. Wouldn't that impress you? Wouldn't you be personally blessed by that? Here's what I want you to see is is that Peter. Is confronted with the reality of Jesus. There's something different about this Jesus. Here's what I want you to see. This isn't just the Jesus that the demons are scared of. This isn't just the Jesus who can heal people. This isn't just Jesus who's a great teacher. This is Jesus who can command fish to come into my net. He's confronted with the reality of Jesus. So I want you to notice how he responds. He responds with a sense of unworthiness. He responds with a sense of unworthiness. Now, you know, if it was me, I'd be like, Woo! Wait till Lori sees this. Man, she's going to think, Wow! You finally brought something home. Do you know what I'm saying? That is not... I mean, you and I would be like, Woo! The bank account's going to look good. Boy, it doesn't really matter what they pay me today. I'm going to be bringing home something. All this fish... Look at how he responds. Look with me. Verse 8 tells you right off the bat, when Simon Peter saw it, what is he talking about? He's talking about the great catch of fish. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, and here's what he said. Depart from me. That's a really nice way of saying, get away from me. Jesus, you don't want to have anything to do with me. Get away from me. I am a sinful man. Here's what I want you to understand about coming confronting the reality of Jesus. Because it's going to draw one or two reactions from you. When you truly come face to face with the reality of who Jesus Christ is, it's going to expose something about you. It's going to expose who you really are. Then you've got to make a decision about who you really are. You hear what I'm saying? When you come face to face with Jesus... And listen, it's not like Jesus was flaunting anything here. It's not like Jesus was doing something radically wrong, or or Jesus was like, well, let's expose how kind of a a wicked person you are. I mean, when you read this passage, that's not even Jesus' intent, is it? He says, just, hey, drop your nets. He's not doing that at all. But the reality is, is when you get confronted with the real Jesus, it exposes who you are, and you've got to make a decision. And here's what Peter's decision is. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. Get away from me. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Now, there is another reaction. Here's the reaction, the other reaction. Thankfully, Peter's not giving this reaction, but we've got to talk about it for a moment. The other reaction is, I don't want anything to do with you, Jesus. We reject him because he exposes who we are. And we don't like to be exposed, do we? You know what I'm saying? You know, every one of us here has a skeleton or two or three or a hundred in the closet. And you know where that closet is, and you've got the key to that closet. And you've got it locked. And, and you've hidden the key. And you sure don't like somebody coming by with the master key who can just open up the lock and expose what's going on. And it may not even be an exposition to everybody else, but it's an exposition to yourself. And you've locked it away. You don't like it. So you reject the one who exposes it. See, this is what a lot of people are doing today, folks. Folks. They don't like what Jesus is revealing about themselves. Here's what Peter did. I'm not worthy. I'm a sinful man. Get away from me, Jesus. He responded with humility. See, listen, my folks. Here's the thing. You want to know what true religion is? True religion is humility. Really being real before God. True religion, true faith, is really saying, this is who I am, Jesus. You know who I am. I'm not denying it. Now, self-righteousness, religious people put on airs. But have you noticed something when we go through the Gospels or when you've gone through the Gospels? Did Jesus hang out with self-righteous religious people? No. See, because they were covering it up. In fact, isn't it interesting that Jesus, when He talked about the Pharisees, He described them as this, whitewashed sepulchers. What does that mean? They're tombs that look good on the outside, but on the inside they look what? They're filled with what? Dead man's bones. What's he saying here? they got their act together on the outside, but they're not real. See, God likes reality. What's Peter doing here, folks? Let me explain to you what Peter's doing. Peter's being real. He's being real. He's responded to the reality of Jesus by being real. Are you responding to the reality of Jesus by being real, or are you putting on airs? Are you putting on airs? We see his response there. But I want you to notice how Jesus responds to him. And this is where the call comes in. And, and first of all, let, let's be thankful about Jesus. I mean, here's Peter. He says, you need to get away from me. I, I'm, a, I'm a sinful man. I, i'm 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 sinful you you need to get away from me if, if jesus was any kind this is what at least what the the moral self righteous thinking would be in that day that they would say to jesus you know who oh, well yeah I better get away from you Peter because I don't want to be contaminated by you that's what self righteousness would do and that but that's not what Jesus is doing here I want you to notice what jesus does Jesus actually goes beyond that he he actually likes Peter being real. And so I want you to notice the call. Look with me at verse 10, the last part. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus works with unworthy people. Isn't that wonderful? Simon's there and he says, man, get away from me, Jesus. Don't you know I'm I'm bad? I, I'm not right. There's something obviously different about you. You—you you are obviously God's hand is on you. I've seen so many things over the last few days, and and here you are. You're doing this for me. I'm not worthy to be in your presence, Jesus. Just get away from me, Jesus. And Jesus says, "Don't be afraid. You're just the kind of person I want to work with." Jesus works with unworthy people. Isn't that awesome? Listen to me, folks. Some of you right here, you you look at your life and you say, man, no way He'll ever use me. I mean, because you read the Word and you hear messages and and a lot of times you'll hear people call. You'll hear the Spirit calling you to, to serve Him in some way. And you say, yeah, that's great, but not for me. You don't know what I've done. I can never do that. That's for perfect people. Isn't that true? And isn't that what we think in church is perfect people? Isn't that true? And let's be honest, you know, I'm a pastor. I've been I've been, I've been a pastor for a long time now. And been in church a lot, you know, twenty-five years now I've been a believer. And, and you get that impression in church that you gotta have it together. And the people who have it together are doing great things for God. Isn't that true? How I many of you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? If you got it together, God uses you. Man, where did that come from? Because that's sure not in the Bible. Because you notice something. When Jesus is calling his disciples, here's who he's calling. Fishermen. He didn't go down to Jerusalem to the local seminary and pick out the best graduates to be his disciples. He picked out people who were real. And I can be honest with you. His speech wasn't perfect. How do you know Peter's speech wasn't perfect? Because later in the book of Acts we read that they appeared before the Sanhedrin and the the rulers, the religious rulers of the day realized that these men were ignorant fishermen. How do you realize they're ignorant fishermen? You just got to listen to them talk. Except for one thing. They'd been with Jesus. See, he works with us. So here you are, you're here and you say, oh, he could never use me. You're just the right person for him to use. Do you hear what I said? Some of you maybe need to write that down. You are just the right person for him to use. Period. See, this is what Peter didn't understand. Peter thinks, "Get away from me, Jesus! I'm not. You know, I'm a sinful man. i not even. You shouldn't even be in my presence, Jesus. I shouldn't. I mean, you shouldn't have anything to do. I mean, boy, Jesus, if you're hanging out with me, it's not the thing to do." And the reality is, is Jesus is saying to him, you're just the right kind of guy I need. Why? Why? Here, think about this. Jesus told the the parable. He two men going up to the temple. One man was a Pharisee, a scribe, and the other was a tax collector. You know which passage I'm talking about here. And the Pharisee, the scribe, goes up and he says, I thank God I'm not like other men. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for making me who I am. That I give, and Look at all the religious stuff I'm doing for you. I, I tithe everything down to my salt and pepper shakers. I give you a tenth of that too. And I thank you that I'm not like that guy behind me. That was the self-righteousness, isn't it? And then there's the other guy. He doesn't even look up. He beats his hand on his chest and says, Lord, have mercy on a sinner like me. Who did Jesus say was righteous? The last one, because of his humility. See, my friends, listen to me. That's who Jesus uses. Unworthy people. Not perfect people. Not self-righteous people. Not the people who have their act together. By all means, it's the people who don't have their act together. Why? Because he's the one who gets the glory for using them. So, when we talk about his call, here's what I want you to see. Jesus works with unworthy people. Now, here's the other thing I want you to see. Look with me at verse 11. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed Him. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus changes people's priorities. He changes their priorities. When they got back, here's what they did. Jesus said to them, guys, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish men with me. Here's what they did. As soon as they got back, it says they left their boats. They left their livelihood. They forsook all and followed Jesus. What are they doing? Their priorities changed. Their priorities changed because of Jesus. Look, if God is real to you, it's going to change your priorities. They forsook all. He changes your priorities. He changes your priorities. Let me explain something to you. If you truly know Jesus, your priorities are going to be different, folks. Just the reality here. They're going to be different. If you truly know Him, it's going to be a different song you're dancing to. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not going to be about you anymore. It's going to be about Him and that's what's going on in Peter's life. In fact, there's one other thing I want you to see. They, were, they willingly left everything for Jesus. They were willing to forsake. Sometimes when you face the reality of Jesus, you've got to be willing to forsake all. Here's the thing. Sometimes when you're confronted with the reality of Jesus, we don't like this kind of Jesus, do we? Let's be honest. We don't like the kind of Jesus who would put us in situations where we've got to make a choice. But he calls to us. He calls to us. He says to us, take up your cross and follow me. What are you going to do with it? Here's what Peter did. He changed his priorities and left everything.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you.